All right, everybody. Welcome to BO Boys for Monday, August 14th. Fuck it. It's a raw feed. We're doing it live in studio. I'm Clayton. I'm Pat. And Clayton, horror has really become the lead story these last few weeks at the box office. So with that in mind, we had to do it. We had to bring in our official BO Boys horror correspondent. He is the host of the New Flesh podcast. Welcome, Brett, everyone. Brett, thank you for joining the BO Boys today. Hello. Happy to be here and honored to be here. Thank you. Yes. So, Brett, we're good. I mean, we're going to talk so much horror today. But you know Please. what? Before Clayton even gives us a plow, because we have so many new listeners since the last time you joined, we've got the stoolies, we got the minifans, we got the Barbenheimer-ers who have sure. all found the B.O. boys, found found God here <laughs> on this podcast. So lots of new people. Tell them what is the new flesh? Why is the new flesh? How to taste the new flesh? Uh, the New Flesh is a podcast about horror movies and all things tangentially related to horror and the horror lifestyle, which mostly means we cover all the new release horror movies that come out as they come out. And when there aren't any, we probably are doing a franchise deep dive. But every episode is a main event like that tied to the news of the week in the industry, mostly horror, but also just industry at large. And you can get that wherever you get your podcasts. And why, I guess, was another question. Yeah, why, why? And, and what is the taste of the new flesh? Those are the, the two final questions. Okay. Well, the why is, I don't know, horror. All, I think as something, we talked about this off mic right before we started. You said, like, horror's the, you know, talk of the town right now. And I said, it's always the talk of the town. Always, horror is always overperforming and surprising box office pundits they're always i mean we always know it's going to do well but like things do well to degrees we don't understand mm -hmm. and can't predict like insidious the red door being the highest grossing horror movie of the summer didn't see that coming but it's true internationally that movie cleaned up and uh yeah there's there's so much horror i feel like horror is secretly always got you know gas in the tank at the box office so the new flash was born out of wanting to highlight that fact and just feel really like indignant and above everyone else every yes. week when we're like, we told you guys that yes. this movie was going to overperform. Yeah. Haughty horror. That's, that's what the new flesh brings you. Yes, that's right. Um, so with that in mind, we've got so much horror amongst other movies to talk about, but Clayton, could you give everyone a plow for the box office weekend of Friday, August 11th? All right, and I'm going to do a top 10 plow. Wow. Wow. There's some interesting wow. things going on in this top 10, but at the top, for the fourth weekend in a row, Barbie made $33.7 million, down 36%. No theater change. It is at $526.3 million. Number two, regaining the spot, Oppenheimer made $18.8 million, down 35%. It added 149 theaters. It is at $264.2 million in its fourth frame. Number three, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem made $15.7 million, down only 44%. It added 92 theaters. It's at 72.7 million dollars in its second frame. Number four, Meg to the Trench made $12.7 million, down 58%. It also added theaters, 101 of them, and it's at 
$1.1 million in its second frame. Here we go. Number five, the newbie, the last voyage of the Demeter, made $6.5 million in its first frame. Wah, wah. Number six, Haunted Mansion made $5.6 million, down 39%. It hemorrhaged 880 theaters. It's at $52.8 million in its third weekend. Number seven, Talk to Me made $5.1 million, down only 19%. It added nine theaters. It's at $31.3 million in its third weekend. Number eight, Sound of Freedom made $4.8 million, down 36%. It lost 172 theaters, but it's at $172.8 million in its sixth frame. Number nine, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 1 made $4.6 million, down 29%. It also lost theaters, 287 theaters. It's at $159.5 million in its fifth frame. And number 10, a newbie, a movie called Jailer from Sun Pictures made $2.5 million in only 450 theaters. Its total gross is saying $4.1 million. So... That's a big question mark. Do we know anything about Jailer? Well, let's ask Brett, is Jailer a horror movie? No. From my understanding, I, ju- I mean, my understanding is in the past 10 minutes, 10 seconds since you mentioned it, I looked it up. Wow. He's and, and, <laughs> and it is what I suspected it is, which is it's an Indian film mm. and it is playing at the usual places in New York, as in you can go see it at AMC Empire 25. But it's also at Regal Union Square in the Middle East, so it has a little bit more of a footprint than a typical like Bollywood release. But it looks like an action thriller film. Great, That's, great. Uh, yeah, it looks good. I'm, I'm in. I want to go see this this week now. And I'm guessing it must have been a Wednesday opener if it's at 4.1 million and a 2.53 day. That that is it's what a, we're piecing together. Is it a fathom? It sports the. No, it's not a fathom. It's okay. a regular. Uh, showtime situation but it seems it is two hours and 48 minutes long so that's a commitment for jailer wow so rrr adjacent it seems yes yeah rrr adjacent yes Mm -hmm. so thank you clayton for that plow of the top 10 so obviously the big thing we'll get into is the newbie last voyage the demeter that's the big one that we'll get into want to look at uh, you know, Barbie and Oppenheimer, incredible holds. I, I want to throw this out here because I had an experience at the theater. I got some boots on the ground reporting. I saw Oppenheimer for a second time this weekend. Wow. And Is we're that the not first time you've to... done that with a movie on the podcast? What was that? Is that the first time you've done that with a movie on the po- since the podcast? Um, I know I've seen movies multiple times and this was a situation where I'd seen it with my wife and then my mom wants to see it, saw it with the mom. So saw a wife version, mm. saw a mom version. The uh, first time I did not like Oppenheimer that much this <gasps> weekend. I got to say, I loved it. I think it's great. And Do you think here, it was like the mother, the motherly love energy? I, in the I room? think it could be that, and I don't want it to be that because that could be like open a whole can of worms in so many directions. <laughs> there, yeah. I think it's more this. The first time I saw Oppenheimer, my wife and I had to take the only seats available, which were front row in. A giant AMC seventy, uh, uh, you know, huge theater front row. Thought there'd be more space from the front row to the screen. There was not. 
So we're watching at the, it at the IMAX. Uh, no, the uh, uh, a, a different big screen theater in, Got it. in a big AMC. Next crank that whole thing. I didn't chalk up my negativity towards the mu- movie to that. Now seeing it this weekend, not with the neck cranked. Here's what I'm throwing out there: these front rows. Do we need to pull a front row and put it into a back row? Yeah. It's simple. I think that's really simple and smart. And I think there are a handful of theaters in New York. And I can tell you, like, off the top of my head, a few of them. But, like, the AMC Empire 25, Times Square, flagship theater, the Dolby screen there. The secret tip is that nobody books the front two rows because they think it's bad. And and there, it is the best seat in the house Mm -hmm. because they have the huge area in front that's just open. Right. And there's a handful of screens that have that. And I think that should be mandatory instead of like a luxury. Right, right. Yeah, I, I mean, I get the, listen, we're all about the dollars and we want to pack in as many people as possible. But there's got to be something else you could do with that space in the front before the front row to avoid the neck crank situation, but to still get dollars. I don't know if that's laying. Maybe like an aquarium where you like throw money in. Yes, yes, some kind of yes, some kind of well. carnival game in the front row area. But there, yeah, there needs to be something that pulls that row out because again, I mean, a totally experience. different experience. Yeah. Well, here's my thing. Okay, people love to throw their coats over seats, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The front row. I'm listening. Will be premium coat seat area for specific members people who pay extra can have their coat flung over the top front seats you get one of the people who work in the theater keeping an eye on them right making sure no one you know there'll be tickets and all that stuff but they'll be able to see their coat in front of them all the way down and see the screen so nobody's going to be doing anything but it's premium access to flinging yes. your coat over a seat, which people find very satisfying. Yes. That way it's not taking that seat from somebody who wants to sit next to you or in front of you, which is a premium seat for an actual butt and an actual person and an actual set of eyes. That would be my thing. Yeah, I Pay love extra that. for that. Yes, yes, I love That's that. Smart. That's smart. So let's get into um, some of these recent holdovers before we get into the big horror, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mute Mayhem came in number three, made $15.7 million, dropped only 44%. I mean, I'll start this by saying this is excellent. This is an excellent sign for this movie. You know, a first to second weekend drop, you usually just go 50% and up as a rule of thumb. So yeah. anything less than a 50% drop shows that the audience like this movie. And Brett, have you, first of all, have you seen this? And second of all, do you consider this horror adjacent because the turtles' nature is so horrific? Are terrifying. Yeah. Terrifying. Yes. Uh, I would say it's horror adjacent for exactly that reason. And there's a lot of like mutiny creatures in this movie. Mm-hmm. I did see it and I was very, very pleasantly surprised and delighted by it. I thought it was very good. And I'm not a huge turtle movie guy or anything. And I haven't seen most of them, I think. Like, I haven't seen the 2007. There's a 2007 animated one Mm -hmm. that I, if you look at now, it just like has the most ugliest CGI 2007 computer style uh, animation. 
And then I found out live on air of my podcast last week that the Michael Bay movies are live action. Oh yeah, and the and the turtles are CGI in them, mm-hmm. and I haven't seen those. So and you I was knew blown- those existed, but you didn't know that. I fully thought they were. I fully thought they were like full all CGI. No, Will Arnett uh, is a human person in both of those movies. And apparently, Megan Fox. Yeah, plays April O'Neil. She is a generation's April O'Neil, if you can believe that. There's a generation of children running around with saying, "Megan Fox, oh, April (laughs) O'Neil." That's yeah. That is wild to me. So I have. I'm not like a. You know, I don't have like a lot of. Uh, competition for the movie wise uh, from TMNT I feel safe saying and I've heard other people say who've seen all of them that this is far and away the best one and for me that is my experience I think it's great Wow. I mean the original 1990 film is the best one by far Elias Cotius, yeah it's it's good that's a great one that one Jim Henson doing the creature effects yes uh, or the Henson doing the creature effects because I believe Mr. Henson was already passed on at that point but Mm. Henson company did them right this is definitely a very good reintroduction to this franchise and this IP and it's setting up uh, for a lot more stories because yeah they, they called did. their shot yeah, with and a sequel. They yeah, and they yeah, you know, not to give anything away, but Shredder was not in this this movie. Just to yes. say it. I'll just say Shredder was not in so this movie. So you saw it as well. Yes. We saw it on Isn't my it? birthday. It's good. Yeah, it's, it's fun. Good. It's a fun good. movie. I, I, uh, I did wish that it had been just straight up do the Batman Begins style and one of the turtles pulls a playing card that had Shredder on the card. <laughs> that would have been cool. That would have been cool. Uh, Jackie Chan really elevates um, that that Splinter. voice role as their dad, Splinter. Yes. Yeah, he's really good in it. Mm-hmm. Them actually being like kids and teenagers playing them is such a stroke of genius that I can't believe they haven't tried before. Well, <laughs> like them being teens is such a huge part of this movie, and like arguably there are parts where they're annoying, and it's like, yeah, they're teenagers; they yes. should be annoying. Well, and yeah. do we think that that because I'm looking at the total of this movie after ten days, or I guess it had the extra couple of days, or after twelve yeah. days, it's at seventy-two point seven million. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be a full-on. Going to be a hundred. Yeah, it's, it's going to be over a hundred, and who knows? Like it could have. I feel like things hold nowadays. You like you can't really predict how how insane the hold and last you know, could last. I mean, as a kids' movie. You look down the line and you look at Elemental, and Elemental, yeah. I'd say, at this point, is a pretty much a success story. Throw out budgets because, you yeah, know. yeah, just throw out budgets. Well, yeah, that doesn't matter. But when in, it comes ter- to but in yeah, terms yeah. of in terms of audience, the narrative has shifted on that. The narrative sure. has shifted. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Clayton is very, rightfully so. Clayton has staked out his claim that Pixar is done, so he has to try and not admit oh. that the narrative has changed on Elemental, but it's changed. But either way, that is a kid's movie that has an incredible hold. And I think Turtles is set up to have a very similar run. And the fact, yeah, the fact that they are indeed childlike, that they are teenagers, I think is going to be a huge reason why this Turtles is going to hold so well, probably for the next two months, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so, too. I think this will, I think Paramount, like, you know, they've announced as much that like there's going to be two seasons of a show and then another movie. So like, I hope this is a hit and I was a little worried for them to be honest with you, because you never want to be in that position. (laughs) And I think it worked out for them. I think the movie will be a hit and I think there's actual interest. I'm genuinely excited for more from them. I think, I think it's a, 
hit with kids and the, the adults who checked in because of nostalgia reasons. I think they also liked it. It just seems like, yeah, they did it. Some quality matters type of thing where it's like this movie's good and I think it'll do well. The show worries me. The yes. fact that there's going to yeah, be sure. a show. You have I'm not going to watch special. that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Make them special. I think one of the reasons why this movie did so well is because this was a new, a unique art style and a different characterization yeah. of these characters. And to dumb them down with a television series feels wrong to me, but it is just kind of how we are right now. I mean, it's, it's the streamers yeah. trying to create content and, and just and I feel like dump sludge even, into the atmosphere, you know? Even pre-streamer, I feel like this is a movie that actually would have had a TV cartoon spinoff thing that happened at the same time. I feel like growing up, I saw that all the time with uh, kids' movies and stuff. So yeah. it doesn't like annoy me that much, but like I know that I won't watch it. So like if the second movie comes out and there's like all this stuff that you know we're missing because we don't have that two years of presumably them in high school, I feel like is like the setup uh, okay. of the show. Uh, like I will be annoyed then, but like for now, I'm like, yeah, let the kids, you know, the kids are voicing the, themselves, you know, the characters in the show and the movie. Like, I'm like, let them have it. That's fine. There, yeah, you don't want the second movie to start with Shredder's head is already on their wall because they killed yeah. him during the TV show that <laughs> mm -hmm. none of us watched. Right. Exactly. I don't think they'll do anything that drastic, but you never know. The TV show really needs to be a completely action-free just teen drama in the yeah. high school 100 percent, like dawson's creek mm -hmm. yes yes save all the ninja stuff for the movies and it's just like romance teenage yeah, relationships yeah yes or do the show as live action do the reverse of what the movie series <laughs> used to be where it's a cartoon tv show and then the live spend action. more spend more money on the on the show oh no do a very janky looking like <laughs> You know, old like Super Mario high Brothers school play. TV. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yes. No, it should be Halloween Adventure costumes for the show. <laughs> so that way the animation is that much more special. Like all these kids are horrified by the show. And then it is just such a relief when the new movie comes out. That's I mean, that's a that's a different way to tackle it. But I, I haven't seen that done before. So I would be open to that. Yeah. Use use the show as a advertisement for the movie in the sense that the show is just so painful to watch that you need that relief of the movie every four years it's a bold strategy but i think it's the only way to save cinema i think you're right so meg to the trench that came in at number four um i mean for all we that seems like something that could have a uh a max streaming like terrible show attached to it well, you wouldn't have Statham involved. No, no. You would have the other scientists who are just, I guess, talking about the existence the of the The most interminable characters. I hated that movie. Did you either of you guys see it? No. We have not seen it. So is it is it as bad as, I mean, the, the Rotten Tomatoes scores are through the base? Yeah, it's not a good movie. I didn't like the first one. But, like, if you liked the first one, I think maybe there's this one is slightly better. But it's tragically gets really bogged down in generic plotting about like corporation evil corporate mm. villains and stuff like that very human running around with gun stuff and you're like why am i watching this where mm. are the giant creatures and then when the giant creatures eventually come like it it has an okay ending i guess but like it still doesn't deliver what you want from it but the box office is you know 
58% drop, as you said, at 50% is the baseline. 58 is not terrible, but eh, this movie's story is that it's a Chinese co-production mm-hmm. and it's already cleaning the hell up in China and abroad. It's made 200 million internationally alone yeah. and like 50 in America. So this movie is not an America play. And the budget, it, oddly enough, the yeah. budget on these are not crazy. It's at like no, and they and they're split. It's hundred twenty split between Warner Brothers and the China the, the Chinese state government. Right, right. That's yes. that's the deal that more movie companies want to have. Yes, is to have the Chinese state government kick it in. Um, it would have definitely helped Elemental, for sure. So oh yeah. Um. So then yeah, I mean the thing went back to how. What is the the uh, the fandom for that in the horror community? Is, is I think that it's horror nil. Jason I think it, Well, you know, it has an interesting history. I think the Meg Wikipedia page would be a better, you know, use of your time than either of the movies because the Meg is like a book mm-hmm. from a long time ago that after Jaws was, you know, thought to be like, oh, this movie's. I think it was was bought and optioned and was going to be a movie since like the early 90s, maybe. Mm-hmm. And it just like kept failing and falling apart. It had like a million directors attached. And eventually it became like a John Turtletaub movie with Jason Statham. That's a Chinese co-production that has no violence because it's actually for kids, kind mm-hmm. of. Mm-hmm. It's like a comedy. Um, so it's like a weird history. I think that's interesting. But I don't think any horror fan that was excited for it is like... Uh, that actually enjoyed the movie because it doesn't there's no especially the first one there's like i can't remember a single person getting eaten in the first one like yeah, it's it, very yeah it doesn't give us what the piranha no uh, movies from 10 or 15 years ago gave us which is that even that last half hour that just goes full gonzo meg yeah. never gives us that it never will no. i think at this point no. we know what this series will be and there will, I guess, be a Meg 3 just, just for the international market at this point. It makes the, the amount of money it's made so quickly internationally. I, I agree. I think there will be a third, even though, you know, I was surprised that it opened to what, 30 last week? It did like, open I, to 30. I thought this was going to be surprised. around 20 at this point. I thought because of the no one liking the first one. And like, in my mind, I, I don't, I guess I don't watch trailers or I don't go to the theaters as much as I used to. I go to screenings. So I like, I miss trailers now. Mm-hmm. But like, my read was like, there's no awareness that the Meg 2 is coming out. And like I feel like the Meg had the one thing about the Meg was that it had this insane marketing campaign where everyone knew the Meg was coming out. Right. And it it did very, very, very well, even though it sucked. So I was surprised, like they weren't screening it for critics until very late, also. So I was like, Warner Brothers doesn't seem to be wanting to show this movie to people. And then like it opens fine. Right. And like it, I'm so like I was, you know, eating my words on that. Um, but yeah, I, I just don't think Warner Brothers even cares that much because Warner Brothers is in the Barbie business right now. Right. And like, this is just like, you know, pocket change to them, extra money. Like they, they could, they could care less that the Meg 2 is also out right now. Right. I mean, they're the the next big thing that, I mean, it doesn't even matter to them is Blue Beetle in a few weeks because obviously that. I'm seeing that tomorrow. Oh, I'm, how, to me, that's very hard, Jason, because. Clint I know and I nothing about, about that. That, that well, not even we don't know anything about it other than the trailer and the character itself is horrific looking. You know, <laughs> like turning into a beetle is a nightmare scenario. It's not an. I used to watch superhero. Beetle Borgs. Is this not anything to do with that? I I listen. I'm not a comic book guy, <laughs> but in this trailer, the turning into a beetle looks 
very nightmarish. So. Well, this is I'm I'm more interested in it now than I ever have been. So thank you. That sounds cool. Um. So yeah, Meg to Clayton. Any any take on where Meg, uh, what it's done, which is it opened okay. The drop was bad, but not that bad. I mean, it didn't drop as like me and Brett were saying. It didn't drop nearly as badly as we thought. I thought this could have been I easily mean, a seventy percenter. Horror movies drop 70, 80 all the time. It's right. like, no, like nothing. Right. I, I mean, I think it's one of those things where people are going to the movies. Yes. And I think this is being buoyed by other more popular movies. And people are just enjoying going to the movies right now. And this is a big, dumb kind of action movie that we used to get a ton of that weren't superhero movies. Right. So it, done by kind of a no offense, but like, you know, like a, a journeyman sort of director who doesn't have like a legitimate style. These kind of movies were done all the time back in the day. And now, you know, this one came out and people went and see it. And I think that's basically what it is. It's just a way to to to, you know, take up a, a weekend day. And and Statham is just a guy who's been around forever and people really like him. And yeah. I love Statham. He yeah. he gets to have he seems like very bored in this movie. And I, I, I I'm with him. I agree. But I love the guy. And he can do no wrong. So let's get into the newbie. Um because yeah. now basically I mean I would say that you look at the middle of this list and now this is prime new flesh, prime Brett, prime horror lifestyle. Last Voyage, Haunted Mansion, talk to me. So the newbie, Last Voyage yeah. of the Demeter. Clayton and I, I neither of us have seen this film. So give us your just quick take on the film itself as a horror person. Did this satisfy you in any way? No, but I have to caveat it with I know a lot of horror fans who did enjoy it. Okay. And it is like atmospheric and more like a old school gothic hammer horror movie that's very patient and just kind of you sit and soak in the atmosphere mm. uh it didn't work for me at all i found it to be just so goddamn boring it is it is like you know uh, less than a chapter of material in the dracula book trying to be adapted into a movie and it feels that way it is the most repetitive uh, my co-host on my show very kindly said, this movie has a pattern to it. And I was like, no, sir. That just means it's very repetitive. It is repeating. It just has like a structure of like, Dracula's around at night, and then they wake up and go, what the fuck? Something happened. And then they don't do anything during the day and then wait for night to come again, and it happens again. And it So was just, it like a Blair Witch style? No. Horror it is, Dracula tale? It, no, it is just, it's like Alien on a Boat is what it's trying okay. to be. It's trying to be like a monster movie. And that's what's wrong about it. For I, I th and That's another thing that didn't work for me, is it turns Dracula, an iconic character, into just like a random horror movie uh, monster that doesn't, there's no, there's no like human side to him in this. Well, it's just a monster with like wings. It's not a human Dracula. So, so Brett, yeah. we've got to, th this is huge that you're on because, on the last episode, the preview episode, Clayton and I got into a heated debate. It wasn't Barbie level where the months leading up to Barbie, Clayton and I almost got into fistfights and there was almost a, you know, we were calling local octagons to see what the price was to settle it. Yes. So it wasn't that level, but we had a big uh, debate on the last episode because I thought that heading into the opening weekend, a huge mistake that the marketing of this movie made 
was not putting Dracula in the title in the domestic release and not pushing full-on, this is Dracula movie. Clayton, on the other side, you disagreed. You thought Dracula is, is was it a dead IP and people aren't loving it? Is that the... Uh, and I will say... Dracula dead and loving it? Yeah. With American uh, public? Absolutely. I made that reference, and we, that's why we have you on the show. Yeah. I absolutely made that same reference. Yeah. The thing is, I'm talking domestically... In America, on American soil, mm-hmm. tobacco spitting country. Right, right. We don't care about Dracula. <laughs> Dracula is old and boring and over. And so yeah. to to trick somebody into seeing a Dracula movie the way this movie did has a better chance of getting people to the theater than if they straight out said, this monster is Dracula. Because then people would say, I'm not loving it. So, Brett, what do you think? Should this movie domestically have been called Dracula Rides the Last Voyage of the Demeter? Like Master and Commander Dracula or whatever. Yeah, Yeah, I do think there should have been Dracula in the title. I agree with you on that. And I would say to Clayton, like, to counterpoint you to, like, Dracula Untold, I believe, is the last Dracula title Universal movie. Yeah, it's a long time ago. I will caveat it with it's almost a decade ago. That was but Obama's time. It was, that, it was a different that, time. Yeah. Well, Clay, yeah let, let, let our horror correspondent. <laughs> no, please. Please jump chief, in more. Chief horror correspondent. People report up to him on the horror chain here at the show. <laughs> um, 220 mil worldwide for Dracula. Again, 55 domestic. Like, it was not thank, a hit thank you, here. Thank you, thank you. Thank it you. was not a hit here. Thank <laughs> um, you, domestic. But, like, that's interesting to me, the worldwide thing, just being like, yeah, Universal knows, like, even their monsters have that, like, celebrity name recognition that they could sell a movie on just being Dracula Untold in 2014. I wonder so much what Renfield or this would have looked like with Dracula title. We'll never know. Um, I think there's another one coming out with Radio Silence now. They skip Scream 7 to do something called Dracula's Daughter at Universal. Yes. So, like, that will probably have Dracula title, but maybe I think that's cooked for other reasons. Like, because we've had two bombs in a row where people showed maybe they don't care, I think it's going to seep in and ruin the data point that I want to make about if Dracula in the title works or not. But the movie, I would say, uh, makes Pat's point, kind of, because it opens and it's like, this is based off the captain's log from Dracula. And then it says Dracula like twice right away Mm -hmm. and just makes you aware that it's Dracula. And then the movie plays. And that's part of the problem is that it's a movie that almost everyone who the fucked up part is everyone, either everyone will know coming in what it's about and what's going to happen. And if you don't, the movie starts by telling you that like, Hey, this is how the movie ends basically. And then the movie plays out and it just lacks any sort of suspense or anything like that, or tension, because you know what's going to happen, and you're just waiting for shit to happen, and the worst part is, it's one of those movies where the characters do not know things that you know, Mm -hmm. and you just wait for them to figure it out, and they don't, and it just takes the whole goddamn movie. I was shocked at how inept it is, but I've read reviews from critics I love say how atmospheric and great it is, so I want to caveat it with that. Stephen King loved it. He tweeted famously that he he thought it was a throat-ripping good time, I believe. Yeah, this is a big L at the box office for Stephen King, and he's he's (laughs) had a decent run recently, I mean, mainly from the It movies, uh, as far as Stephen King IP, but this is a big blow to him, because this was a big tweet, 
and it did not it did not work at all it didn't move the needle on the ticket sales no so i also think it's funny that i came in hot talking about how horror always wins and like we have i think two examples in a row now of horror movies that didn't work but it's a very specific thing where like this movie it's a, it's one of those things where if i was in charge over at universal the chief horror at you know i'm the chief horror critic over here at the Bo Boys, mm-hmm. but I'm not. I don't have the pull over at Universal, right? Because if I did, yeah, this yeah. is one of those things where you go, you know, you call it Dracula Boat and cut a killer trailer, yes, or fucking get rid of it. I don't yeah. want to hear about the Last Voyage of the Demeter. That movie's a bomb. It's not going to work. A two-hour atmospheric Dracula on a boat movie where nothing happens of interest. Like I just can't believe this movie came out at the the 118 minutes. Where like I think if it was an eighty minute movie, you guys would be hearing a completely different tone from me. Yeah, and maybe you would even, re- you know, maybe the, it would have resonated a little more with critics, and therefore people would have seen it. I don't know, Get- but like it feels like they made they fucked up. Well, this movie isn't what I, I wanted. May I ask you a question? Uh, August 9th, two thousand nineteen, a movie came out called Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Yeah, done by the same director. Yes, Andre Overdahl. Yes. Were you a fan of that film? No, I okay. wasn't. I love um, that guy's debut movie, I think it is. It's called The Autopsy of Jane Doe. I oh, gladly, I have seen that. Okay. Yeah, I will gladly use this podcast appearance to plug that movie. I think it's great. It's got Emile Hirsch, Brian Cox. It's very spooky, and I think it's on Hulu right now. Uh, so I, I've been chasing that high ever since with him, and it hasn't hit. He also did like Troll Hunter, I think. He's in a handful of things, okay. but none of them Troll are as good Hunter. as that. Okay, yeah, but but they didn't call Troll Hunter, you know, like Wood Wood Walk. They well, because <laughs> trolls are not oversaturated, and also trolls, the animated films are big hits. So they are, yeah. But uh, I, so, I just don't, Clayton. I just still don't understand how you don't think this movie does a little better if it's just got Dracula in the title and get a cape on goddamn Dracula in the trailer. That he's got to be the Dracula that people recognize. He should not be like Brett said. He is a giant monster. He should be cool guy with the should famous be sexy. Dracula you should want to yes. fuck Dracula. Yes. Okay. Yes. So this movie yes. made six point five. How much <laughs> more? How much more? Do you think it makes if it is like you said, Dracula boat, or uh, when a date with Dracula, whatever you want to call like it, like thirteen? I feel like you could double it yeah. if you market it right double and you title for it right. Six million more dollars, yeah. six point five million more dollars for Dracula. I disagree. Yeah. All right. I, I, I you're underestimating the name. Wrecking just the no, Q score, it, just uh, the Q score of Dracula is so gigantic okay. across two so different many, things. So many that's two different things, but Q score is important. Name recognition there are people whose name are recognized everywhere and they are disliked. Dracula is not disliked. Sure. I think pe- I think he's not necessarily disliked. Do you find him like unbecoming or something? I, you don't like I think. He is in that same sort of group with Lone Ranger, Tarzan, Fan- the Phantom, all of these old ass IPs that they're going to dust off and try to throw on screen. I think Dracula died after Twilight because guess what? Mm. Twilight is the kind of vampires people got into. 
All right, young, hot, sparkly vampires. There was not a movie that did, I mean, Dracula Untold, I guess, came out after Twilight, right? Yeah. But again, domestic disaster. Yeah, no imprint here. Yeah. Domestic disaster, because we're all reading Twilight but in it America. Did, it did Watching True Blood. Yeah. But True Blood. Thank you. Dracula is over. I I think you are underestimating the amount of kids every year who dress yes. up as Dracula at Halloween. And no. they don't just say they generic vampire. They say, I am Here's, Dracula. No, their parents put them in a Dracula costume because they're cheaping out. And they put them in a cape, which is cheap. They give them the fangs, which are cheap. Fake blood. And they say, Mom, what am I? And they're like, I'm you're Bella, Dracula. I'm Bella Lugosi. Yeah. Kids love Bella Lugosi. It, ex- that's know. what I'm saying. They yeah. hate that costume. Those kids hate that they got a cheap costume. That they mm. weren't able to dress like some of the toys they want to dress. They, they, they didn't get to dress like a Minecraft character. or <laughs> Like they, a brick or something. Yeah, they didn't get to dress like somebody from, uh, what's that dancing video game that people play? Now, here's what I'll throw out there as a counterpoint to all this. And first of all, Clayton, I think it is just disrespectful how much you brushed aside the chief horror correspondence (laughs) uh, assessment that this movie would have doubled its box office if it had been called (laughs) Dracula. It's definitive when I say it. Damn it. I, I think we do have to weight that in a different yeah, way I, than either Clayton or I. I but I'll agree. throw this at you, Clayton. Can, can I can I apologize for being disrespectful? Can you finish? Will you oh allow me to, to apologize oh for God. being disrespectful, Pat? You can apologize. I'm sorry I was being disrespectful to you, not you, Pat. Okay. <laughs> I'll Brett. take that. To I will Brett. take I will I'll take, take that apology to Brett that I uh Well, I he doesn't fostered. need it to go through you because he's sitting right here and he can hear me, okay? So I'm talking yeah. to Brett right now. I'm not looking at your square. I'm looking at his square, and I'm saying I'm sorry I disrespected you. We have you on the show for a reason. <laughs> so here, I'll throw this out there as another part of this uh, Dracula discussion. Okay. And this is something that I forget if it was an email we got or it might have been a YouTube comment. Either way, it was a wannabe old boy, wannabe old girl, wannabe old person, person. person. who brought this up. Uh, Hotel Transylvania movies. Adam Sandler is Drac in those movies. Dracula is not a dead IP because Dracula has been part of three or four hit movies via the Hotel Transylvania series. Okay. Dracula is not a dead IP. Who is that person? Do you don't know the person? It was a it was on one of our YouTube videos. So okay. thank you to that listener or that viewer. They're a goddamn genius. Yeah. I forgot that. Yep. That is a great point. That is a great point, mm-hmm. but what they, else? they should they should be made the chief horror horror correspondent of the show. No, that it's no. not. I mean, listen, you I think, can promote I, them if you want within your you know uh, uh, your team organization. Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, You 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 can name them your intern if you'd like to have an intern pro, uh, program like we do. That's a possibility yes. for you. But you know what? That makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I don't want to help bolster Clayton's point here but on the Transylvania Hotel Transylvania point mm-hmm. this is definitely COVID's to blame and there's some other factors I feel like Adam Sandler wasn't in the fourth one he, he was, was not the, f- no. the fourth one 
did not get a theatrical or it got like a worldwide really it did not get a domestic theatrical release it went straight to prime video oh the so fourth. maybe dracula is cooked well here's what i'll say maybe this will also okay dracula is cooked for now but the kids who are the hotel transylvania generation mm. are not old enough to go see demeter so no. the people that are old enough to go see demeter think dracula is dumb and boring and they'd rather read Twilight. But these youngins in a few years are going to be hot about Dracula because they have that uh. nostalgia. But guess what? It's too early for Dracula yeah. uh, revival. You That's know what? my new argument. They should have waited and should've done waited. the same movie with Adam Sandler's Dracula. Yes. He wants to do serious films and mm -hmm. we've seen him do great serious films. We've yeah. seen him do uncut gems we've seen him do rain over me we've seen him spanglish. do spanglish yeah. we've seen him do punch struck love why couldn't he play dracula in a really scary role because adam sandler comes up and whispers in your ear you're not automatically going to think he's going to bite you mm. and then he does yeah. i mean i think that's the big thing we're missing here is adam sandler is a giant a, star you think he's going to shoot a three right over your Ex right over your head exactly i mean right. he, he dracula would be wearing a cape and very very baggy basketball yes shorts. that dracula hoops yes yeah i mean here's the thing is if we're going with the fact that the hotel transylvania generation loves dracula the big beneficiaries could be the Dracula's Daughter movie that you mentioned, that Radio Silence. They left the Scream franchise to do this movie. Huge mistake. Huge blunder. They fumbled the bag, I think. I think that the box office receipts for Demeter may have an effect on Dracula's Daughter. Uh, I agree. Uh, and really quick, I know I got to just ask you because we have you uh, here and your time is yeah. precious. What do you think of this <laughs> new director for Scream 7 Christopher, oh, La Chris Christopher Landon. Yes. I'm not the biggest um, Happy Death Day guy, but co-host of the New Flesh podcast, Jesse Hassinger, and tons of horror fans love those movies. So I respect the choice. I think, you know, he's definitely a horror guy. He's got his horror bona fides. I don't think that's up for, up for debate. Like, he has written... I think he's written every paranormal activity since the first... No, he's, he's written, like, two, three four and five i think mm -hmm. and he directed one of those so like he's definitely a horror guy but i would say i don't know in the director's chair if he's shown that he has like the horror chops he's more got like a comedy chops for me so well, I, I but like yeah. that could work for scream but um i i'm excited for it i, I don't know who i would have picked i haven't really thought about it but like i understand radio silence making two of them and wanting to get out but uh, they're still involved, right? Like they're still producing. Yeah, they, I, I think I, I heard that they might even still have written it. The 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 two writers who wrote five and six. So the are, writers are there, but the directors are there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, it is a comedic bent. Most of his movies are the ones he's directed. Comedic yeah. bent. So, what's your take on possibly this being a meta? nod to the third movie which was goofy over the top yes and hated by a lot of people not me but pat yeah pat hates it oh i think is it's there, so great is, especially post weinstein stuff and you watch it you're yeah. like wow this is, is fucked up is yeah. there a meta textual level to let's get the goofy guy in to make a goofy third installment to make an extremely goofy movie yeah um yeah i think you're right that's actually a good point 
I hope that's what's happening. I hope that it's a calculated choice like that. Yeah. Where they're saying the tone is going to be a little comic, more comic. So let's let's get with, you know, Chris Landon. Uh, I think it's an interesting choice. I'm excited to see what, what comes of it. I just think it's fun that the franchise got reinvigorated to the point where like it took this long for Scream 7 to be get announced after 6. And it feels like it took a long time because 6 came so fast after 5. Yeah. So it's cool that they're like, you know, they're getting these. They're 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 moving through them. They're trying to get these out there to the people because people are seeing them. People but want the scream. You think Radio Silence blundered by hitching their wagon to Dracula, and we know it's yeah. Dracula's daughter, but it's still Dracula. It, you know, maybe they'll still make it, and maybe the, they have guarantees, and everything's fine. I do worry that they made the wrong choice, and that they handed over the keys to something that that you know in a minute they might need a job. And they're, I don't know, they'll get another, they'll get another movie if uh, the Dracula thing doesn't, doesn't work out. But, you know, I wonder what they think about it. Like, will they be regretful that they missed it if they missed it for no reason? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think they could at least probably breathe a sigh of relief that most people will look at this movie and not even realize it had been a Dracula movie that bombed because Dracula wasn't in the title. So few people will have seen it or will talk about it. Yeah, and to the general public, they won't think of this as a failed Dracula movie. They'll fi- think of it as a failed boat movie, you know. So I think yeah, you have we're more not, to worry about if you're a boat movie that's coming out in the next year or two. They'll have to cancel uh, this the boat trip too with uh, 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 was it Cuba Gooding and yeah. Horatio Sands? Yes, yeah. yeah. Now nix it. The periodness of this film. Do you think that was a mistake? Yeah, well, I don't know if it's a mistake, but I think it's an issue for okay. the box office. I do think that, you know, not to be the most basic person on earth, but like these movies, like old movies, look like homework to some people. I feel mm-hmm. like like they don't want to see a different time period than they than they know. <laughs> and You're I don't know. at one of them. Yeah, sure. And like, there's also I don't know. This movie was a tough sell. I think I think there's people who see it and go Dracula, you know, Dracula on a boat great and there's other people who just like immediately are already snoring and i think that was proven this right. weekend and no no stars but here's the thing by virtue david being... dashmalian's the biggest star in this right movie. yeah but but think of a david dashmalian action movie that takes place in this time period and how much less even that would make the fact that this was just known to be horror at least got it to six million dollars Oh, yeah, that's definitely true. Like, even as I joke about, like, I said horrors always works, but clearly it doesn't always work. But, like, it did pull it to six, and it would have done nothing (laughs) if it were not a If it was just, like, Dracula, uh, the first voyage of the Demeter, and it's, like, nice, and nothing bad happens. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Or or even if it's Mutiny on the Bounty starring David Dalshmarian. That movie probably (laughs) opens to, like, $1.1 million. But also, yeah. what we have to remember about this film, released in 2,715 theaters, no marketing budget yeah. because they knew they had a movie that people wouldn't go see up against all these other movies, that this is a movie that is going to play big on Peacock, on the cock, because people will know that it was in theaters and they'll give it a shot. Yeah, it will get viewed at home. Yes. Definitely. Yeah. yeah, so people will... Uh, look at Dracula at home, but not in the theater yet. 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 So thank you to that YouTube uh, viewer who I think, yep, made a great point. 
Hotel Transylvania. Genius. Hire right. them. Yeah. Hire them. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll keep using their information. That's for sure. Yes. We make that promise to all our listeners. We will use your information. Yes. So let's talk about the big horror story. Pat, what is what are we talking about here? Well, Brett, could you talk to both Clayton and me mm. right now? Could you okay. talk to me about talk to me? <laughs> this yes. is, I mean, one thing I'm looking at right now is is comping it to Barbarian. Yeah. Last September, you know, beloved horror movie from 20th century sort of came out of nowhere with a lot of pre-release buzz, 10 million opening weekend, great hold. And after its third weekend, that had gotten to $28 million last September. And you look now at Talk to Me and that movie after three weekends, is at $31 million. Yeah, wow. it's a great so, club. So it is pacing already ahead of Barbarian, which got to in total 40 million. So, yeah. I mean, is it fair to say Talk to Me ceiling is way higher than Barbarian now? Um, I, I do think so. And I think they juiced it this week by, did you see they announced the sequel to Talk to Me midweek? They announced Talk to Me with a cute little poster art, teaser art. With a two? Oh, they with a two, yep. It's, so the, it's the arm in the shape of a two. Oh. <laughs> um, and that, I think, has to help explain this unbelievable drop. Like a 19% is so shockingly small of yep. a drop that it, I have to think of an outside factor that helped. And it, it it's that. The fact that they juiced it with a Talk To Me sequel tease, the people who hadn't seen it got a little reminder that they should mm -hmm. uh, see it. It got nine more theaters. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's interesting. It's an incredible hold. And... This is a movie I saw at Sundance uh, on my computer at home in January, and I loved it then. And I said that I don't think I don't know how much I said about it going to be a hit, but like mm -hmm. as soon as A24 bought it, I thought that's interesting mm -hmm. because I think this has like franchise potential, which is something I normally wouldn't think of with A24. I guess they've done you know the Ty West trilogy of uh, yeah. Pearl. X. And X and, and Maxine that's coming out. But even but besides that, was, that, that yeah. was even not really a franchise. Yeah, play. Like that a was more of yeah. like an a sort of arty goof. The fact that, that was an arty COVID era goof that'll never happen again. Where they're like, we're already here. We have the sets. Will right. you give us another million dollars to make one another movie, a whole nother movie? Right. Well, it was like Blood Rain and Blubberella situation where they yes. shot them at the same time, right? Yes. Or yeah. yeah. Um, I believe that I think they actually yeah, I think that's true. And then the Maxine hasn't shot yet or yeah. just did. I'm so uh, that's one of my most anticipated uh, films of whatever year it's coming out. I think probably hopefully this. I hope it's the end of this year, but you're probably oh, right. It's so. probably next year. Um, but yeah, A24 buying it. I thought it was in I've said this on my show, but you, your listeners don't all listen to that. So I'll say it again. I was surprised that A24 got it because it doesn't. I guess I guess I've seen it twice now, and maybe I take this back a little bit. It kind of feels more A twenty four like the more I think about it. But to me, it felt like a strange pull for A twenty four. I'm like, this isn't the this is a little more mainstream than like an A twenty four horror movie that's mm -hmm. like about trauma and stuff. Like this is just a straightforward like uh, like give me a uh, uh, high concept premise, you know, where it's like there's a hand and you hold on to it and you see the other, you know, you see a ghost or whatever. It, like, it's, it's closer yeah. to the urban legend type movie yes. than it is 100%. to Midsommar. 100%. It's close. It's 100% more closer to an 
a bygone era of movie like you're talking about, like Urban Legend. Yeah. Just a, a new horror that could spark a franchise because everything's a franchise in horror, they hope. And I had that thought with this. I thought this could be a franchise. I think it, infinite possibilities with the premise, right? When you make you just make up your own rules, right? And you just set them and people understand them right away and then it works. So I thought this is a great idea, but I was like, A24, I don't think they're the ones to do it. Like, I don't think they have the juice to make it a hit enough to the point where it will get to be a franchise. So I was making fun of A24 for buying it. Yep. I talked to someone, uh, a source I won't name, who who told me that Monkey Paw, which is Universal and uh, Jordan Peele's company, like mm -hmm. made an offer and like wanted to put it out, you know, more robustly as a Universal picture. Which that that's when I heard that I was like, they fucked up. That's of course what they should have done. Right. That would have been way bigger. And then now I don't think so because the deal I heard was they they were able to sell it to A24 and keep whatever rights and make whatever money off of it that they can. And if they were to sign it over to A Universal or uh, Searchlight, who put out Barbarian, another, another company I thought would have done a better job with it maybe, mm -hmm. um, they would have not had the rights to themselves and they wouldn't have owned them. And they who knows what would have happened to oh, when talked to me was going to happen. So I think their bet on themselves paid off here. Wow. And I really didn't expect A24 to be able to platform this into a movie that has made $30 million in three weeks. But I think... By the end of its run, it, it could be in the top three A24 grosses. Like, so, yeah, right now it is standing at number seven okay. all time for A24, right between Midsummer at eight okay. and Ex Machina at six. Interesting. Yeah, I feel like it's it's going to outdo Ex Machina. It might outdo Moonlight. It, it There's a chance that that does Hereditary. I don't do you think it gets to 50. Could it do another 20? I think this movie could easily do over 50 at this point. I mean, it does feel like it is in some ways picking up steam and and sort of the the awareness of the gimmick is growing. And that gimmick well, is A just so hooky. A24 is already selling the hand, the merch. Yeah, that's huge. And the thing is, <laughs> there there is, you know, A24 on one hand is such a great brand and does such a great job of doing cool marketing to its audience. But when it comes to horror, there is a little bit of a bait and switch stink on A24 because they'll do these cool trailers for something like a lamb that ends up always feeling more horror than it delivers. Oh, and that's a classic A24 move. The We're right. going to make a cut a horror trailer for a kind of weird drama. Right, right. And, and I think the fact that Talk To Me is now breaking out, it's a testament to good marketing by A24, but also yes. this movie overcoming. I mean, yes. you tell me, in the horror community, is there some kind of uh, 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 just distrust of A24 because of that? That's what I meant when I said earlier, like, I don't think A24 is the best for this because I feel like people are, you know, maybe the people, it's like a cried wolf situation or right. whatever where like people aren't going to see it because i've been burned by lamb or whatever else but you're right it overcame that and i think that'll it'll give a24 the the good juju instead of the bad juju for a while where yeah. people will 
you know, want to see the next one because it, they weren't burned by this. Now, sorry, I just have to because th- I looked at this chart on the numbers and they were going by adjusted gross, which we don't do. Inflation don't do. adjusted. So the ex machina thing is not correct because that only made 25. Right now, we're oh. looking at talk to me at 31 and it is under only hereditary, uncut gems, lady burden, everything, everywhere, all at once. Wow. So it's already cracking gross. that almost so, top five. Yeah. Yeah. It's beat Midsummer, The Witch, and Ex Machina and Moonlight. So it's up there. It, I mean, we'll reach 77, which is what everything, everywhere, all at once did. Probably not. Probably no, not. I think but that's I mean, impossible, it will be no. top five for sure. Well, I mean, what did. I mean, I think it could get to over 50 domestic. And then does that basically put it in Uncut Gems territory? Because Uncut Gems yes. got to what? I think 50, it does. I think exactly. it's just yeah. 50, exactly. Yeah, so Uncut Gems is 50. And then under that is Lady Bird, which is 48. And that, and then Hereditary is the one that, you know, it, it when it says made more than Hereditary, that's yes. going to mean so much because of yeah. what Hereditary represents. I also was surprised to see Hereditary have so much internationally too like it did just as much abroad as it did here yeah. which just blew my mind a lot of the a24s did that like moonlight as well kind of surprising yeah i mean i i think this is an interesting turning point for a24 because like like you guys were saying there was that thing with a24 where you saw a trailer you're like this is gonna be crazy and then it's not a horror movie and it's not what yeah. you expect but i think them signing rocka rocka yeah. is a turning point where they're like okay we're we're going to try and do something different because there is there are people who will go see anything that's A24 no matter what and it is a youthful seeming mm-hmm. uh you know distribution company where universal if that would have been bought by universal even with the Jordan Peele stamp of approval there's so many universal cheapy horror things yeah. that I come mean, out every year that it gets lost. Last of the Demeter. Exactly. gets lost in the flood. This is like an, a different sort of A24 movie, and I think that's what makes it stand out even more than it would if it was Universal. And also, you know, getting the rights to your own work is awesome. And I think that, at the end of the day, like you said, Brett, they, they bet on themselves. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely, they're they're in the same boat that the uh, the uh, the people behind Terrifier are in, where now they own yeah. franchisable IP, and I would think that the Rocka Rocka guys are going to keep talk to me at a twenty four. They'll probably get a great offer, and why not keep it in house? But hey, maybe they do level up, and they go to a Universal now. Except now it would be for many times the amount of money that they got offered the first time. But either way... But then the suits get their little fingies in there. That's sure. the thing. is, you, th- These are YouTube creators. They are known to be people who make their own content and put it out on a platform where the only... I mean, there is obviously... You know things you cannot can and cannot do on YouTube now. There's the always least. fingies everywhere. But, but they're not... Nobody at YouTube is going to them and being like, well, what if you put a cute dog in it right right universal <laughs> will do that right youtube's just gonna be like you can't say this and you can't say that well universal right? would say what if we don't put him in the title but what if you put dracula and talk to me you know mm-hmm. they would because he's undead yeah. that it could be a situation where one of the kids playing with the hand at a party 
and then Dracula's there because it's talks to me becomes part of the dark universe. And he his whole thing is being invited in. Right. Yeah. You have to say, let me Yeah. Well, yeah. they probably would be like, can you at the very end could uh hide or Dr. Jekyll show up? Yeah. Mm, and yeah. just in the stinger, he's like outside hanging out the I'm putting together a team. Yeah, I'm putting together yeah. a team and I want that hand. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah, so so definitely A twenty four is the way to go, um, because they're not going to force Doctor Jekyll or Dracula into these talk to me movies. Yeah, it's. I, I think the. I think the 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 ceiling on this is potentially really high. Again, Barbarian was that comp, and I think this is a totally different boat. This is so much more accessible oh, of a of a gimmick than what Barbarian was. And, and I, I just realized it's going to clean up on VOD in time for Halloween. That's very mm -hmm. good for that movie, too. It's going to yeah. have a whole second life, probably make just as much money as it did in theaters on hopefully PVOD, but I guess by then, by Halloween, it wouldn't be premium anymore. So, I don't know. I guess they could have juiced the timing a little better. Oh, but I, yeah. I, I think that they could hold off until putting this on any digital until and October still do, 1st. Still do 20 bucks. Because yeah. that's still yeah. six weeks from now. I think this is I mean, not... there's no rules anymore for that type of shit. No. You can do whatever right. you want. If people are still going to the theater to see yeah. a movie, uh, you know, I mean, there's, there's movies that have been out for weeks and weeks and weeks that have not gone on PVOD yet. And I think they, yeah, they can stretch this out because people are still going to the movies for it. Yeah. There's no reason. I mean, it was just a 19% drop this weekend. I think this is a yeah. movie that will play, you know, September is not jam-packed with huge Oh, releases. yeah, there's like nothing going on for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. So I think this plays well through September and then October 1st, it goes to PVOD. And yeah, I think that's a great call, Brett. In October, this is just going to make so much digital money. Oh, yeah. It reminds me of like, you'll get to this soon, but like uh, Saw X moved from October 29th to September 29th. And to me, it's the most calculated, like, we're going to cash in for three, four weeks because these movies cost nothing and make a lot in their opening frame. And then we're going to PVOD it on Halloween. And Makes that's sense. just like brilliant. It's brilliant. They're geniuses. Uh while you're here, I mean, we'd love to have you on when around the Saw release, but let's get your... What is the temperature in the room pre-Saw oh, X? I've only talked about this with my co-host, Jesse, but I, my vibe, and I think he feels it to a lesser degree, but like, to me, Saw X, and maybe it's just because I'm a huge fan of the franchise and we did it on the show. I think it's our most uh, fun series on the new flesh. If you're looking for a podcast to listen to, we did all those movies very thoroughly. I watched each movie probably five times per episode because they all have crazy amounts of commentary and details and stuff. So I did all that stuff, but I'm a huge fan of the series. And the last one was so bad, that fucking Chris Rock thing, Spiral. The Spiral. Book of Saw, yeah. And it didn't do very well, if memory serves. No. It did not perform. It was in, and like, those like movies, May It was a very, like, we just got vaccinated yes. two days ago. Here's a Saw yes. movie release. Yes. So it, doesn't feel, it didn't feel real for a couple of reasons. That's one. And the fact that it was like this Chris Rock spinoff with no Jigsaw. But... That to me did not say, oh, Saw doesn't have box office power anymore. That is just not true. No. Like those movies make so much goddamn money and they cost nothing. So my read is that based on just like my Twitter feed being excited for it and the trailer I'm assuming delivering because I closed my eyes during it the other day when I saw it and people seemed excited about it. Um, 
I think that could have not like the biggest opening in the franchise, but I think it's going to be very big. I think it's going to be, I'll have to look at the grosses for opening weekends, but it feels to me like it's going to make a lot of money, like more than a typical sequel would. I think so. When I saw the trailer for that, a few things uh, really stood out to me. First of all, it felt the most like a real movie that Saw has felt like maybe yes. ever in a trailer just by using they use the Hollies air that I breathe song. And it was yeah. so stunning to hear a real licensed song in yeah. a Saw related media mm-hmm. that right away is like, wow, this is huge for this Saw. This is different. Yeah. And it does feel, you know, whatever this is, a month and a half out, like this is the first time where. Saw is going to get a nostalgia feeling. Like, I think they tried that a little yeah. with Jigsaw, and that did, it was too soon. And then Book of Saw Spiral just was for nobody. It was so just that, terrible. Yeah, it was, a, it was a miscalculation. It was bad. But I do feel, you know, when we'll, we'll get the temperature again as we get closer, but right now it does kind of feel like this is the first time Saw has, oh, we used to love Saw. It's cool that these there's movies, a new one. Yeah, these movies used to open to 30 easy. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. All of them. Everyone used to open to 30 for a while. And I think 30... Jigsaw opened to... Uh, God, I, the the numbers is open very slow tonight for some reason. But I'm trying to figure out what Jigsaw I think made. even that yeah. opened to in the 20s. I don't yeah, think that... Yeah, they all any do of- fine. And when you consider they cost what? Of two million dollars, yeah. like yeah. they don't really, they really don't cost a lot, or they used to not cost a lot. So Spiral was eight point seven, brutal. So that was brutal. Jigsaw sixteen. Yep. So like yeah. it was dwindling a little, but I think you're right that like Jigsaw being the, well, I guess that one was literally called Jigsaw, but this one is really selling. Like this is a sequel. Well, I already know. I haven't seen the trailer, but I like I've read the, I read enough to know it takes place between like one and two. Yeah. Yep. So it, it's like. It's like a sequel to the original, which is like a selling point. And it's got the original guy selling point. Amanda's also back selling point. Yep. It just seems like it's got all the all the signs point to I think it's gonna do with thirty or over. And like the over could be hugely over. Like the over for me could be huge. Like I, I think it's 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 bottom is thirty something. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I'm really excited to see what this does. And that's also coming at the end of a month that could have gotten really slow in the few weeks before. God, that 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 box office. I mean, I usually I'm it seems hypocritical because I always say they don't fucking put out horror movies in October. It's so stupid. But this this one feels like a smart move from. And I guess that's true because they're moving it from the end of October to the beginning of October. essentially. Right. So yeah. it has the whole month. It's smart. Yeah. Um, but yeah, talk to me. I, I'm I'm so excited that this is happening right now. And after this 19% hold, it really is a situation where we can't tell how high this is going to go. Because it, it does feel like young people are really latching on to this movie in a way we haven't seen. You know, because even something like you mentioned earlier, how well The Red Door is doing, Insidious 4. Yeah. But five cities, five. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And that is obviously a hit. It's made 81 domestic. What is it at? 200 worldwide or it's like know, 185, 185. Yeah. I think it's still total. There. Yeah. Maybe it has more from this week. It's 185 right now. So that is a full on huge hit. And it costs like 14 or something like crazy. But but 
that movie, and maybe I'm wrong, you know, young people are obviously going to it because it's a horror movie, but Talk to Me really does feel like this has a chance to be generational IP, you know, that this is a movie yeah. that becomes a Final Destination type series for A24. Had, did oh. you guys see it in the theater? Either of you? I did you? see it in a theater, yes. I saw like, it with my wife, yes. It has that, I saw, I, you know, I'd seen it at home first and I saw it again in the theater, and like, that scene... Like people in the audience freak the fuck out. Like they, yes. it, they scream. They can't look at it. Like yep. it is upsetting. Yes. And like I would say, this movie might be oversold in terms of how scary it is. But like I think there's a difference between scary and like viscerally upsetting. And it's very viscerally upsetting. Yes. And I think that is like, I think that's part of what's driving the word of mouth of people being like, this shit's fucked up. Like you won't believe what happens. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. I have to see. I will see it. I'm going to see it. And nice. yeah, I think I agree. I You'll think, be a part of the hold. Yeah. And I think that this is a film like you guys were saying is that this one could make whatever it's going to make. And then the second one could be so huge. Yes. Open yeah. so much bigger where you do get a saw situation where then it becomes, you know, we're going to get a talk to me movie every, every year. It seems like that's what they want. Like they're rushing it. They titled it they've got a right they got the writers announced like they're they're gonna get this thing out by next october i think and I think the thing about right. the youtube factor of this is that those creators are used to churning out product listen i'm a youtuber pat you're a youtuber yes. we're youtubers yeah brett do you do youtube for your show yeah you're yeah. a youtuber we're youtubers we we do this twice a week right so we know what it's like to churn out stuff these guys know how to churn stuff out fast in quality. And that, I think, is a total strength. Yeah. And the premise of this movie is so refillable. And it does allow, and, you know, who knows if they're going to raise the budget a little bit to do this. But you could start to pop in some famous faces into this into this series. because Famous dead people? Well, you could get, you could definitely get famous dead people, <laughs> famous, you know, famous, uh, you know, de IP dead characters, but you could get some young known actors into a sequel for the, this movie. Listen, but uh, why pay that money? Why pay that money when the when the when the gimmick is the star? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the thing. These are genuine unknown young people in a horror film. That is right. awesome to see. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, so one more horror movie. Let's just touch on here. Haunted Mansion. Oh, are you really going to bring a fucking well, Haunted Mansion? Yeah, I, was got our, I was glad that you skipped it, but that's okay. We've got our chief horror correspondent here and yeah, but he's got fish bootlegs to listen to. He just went to three <laughs> fish shows. He's got to re-listen to those all tonight. Um, this, this is a movie I heard. I think a lot of incorrect chatter beforehand of why are they releasing it in the summer? Why not put it on October? I'm of the mindset. I mean, I think maybe you'll agree, Brett, horror all year round. Obviously, we've had so many horror summer hits over the years that I don't think this is a disadvantage that they put this yeah. movie out in July. And it'll be on D plus in October. I mean, do you think there's any reason why they should have waited until October no, to put this out? My advice would have been to just not release this movie, period. Okay. They Jeez. shouldn't have made it. They shouldn't have spent the ungodly amount of money they spent on it. Like it, I forget what the reported number is, but it's like, it's like I think it was like 80. Oh, okay. Was it two twenty? Oh my God. It's like two twenty when you factor in like all the marketing budget and shit like that. It is like unbelievably high and it just didn't need to exist 
at that at that budget level or right. at all. Um, right. So that's kind of where I'm at wow. on that one. So 150, just pure budget. Wow. And then yeah. of course adding all that stuff with no singular wow. star. I mean, the cast it's, is a bunch of people who are we all know. It's Disney setting them setting themselves that setting themselves up for failure all over again. It's like the Indiana Jones movie cost so much that the fact that it made 300 million or whatever doesn't matter like it's going to lose money it they they spent 300 million to make it well pat says that doesn't matter with elemental so i guess it doesn't matter (laughs) well here's here's one thing i will say none of this matters to is the movie theaters because when you look at a lot of these movies that we're sort of looking at as disappointments in terms of budget something like Indiana Jones at Dial of Destiny did 170 domestic and Dead Reckoning Disappointment, but did one is at 159 domestic. And yeah, these movies that did do these 150 and plus, those are all a lot of tickets sold and a lot of popcorn sold for the theater owners. Yeah. And to yeah. them, the yeah. budget that it cost and that, you know, the sort of COVID budget boost that happened on movies made in the last two years. When you look at it from the theater's perspective, this summer has been pretty good because the bombs, the big budget bombs didn't make 40 million. They made 160 million yeah, plus. And like, uh, is, yeah, exactly. Because the contact, there's their bombs, they need, they need the, their bombs that need context to explain. Like, oh, uh, Indiana Jones made 370 worldwide. But it costs that much, so it's not a hit. Right, and like right. that's the same thing for all these movies. I mentioned Impossible also cost the most of it, like it, three oh, three hundred, I think, something right. like that, because of COVID costs and whatever else. But like that movie would, the story would be so different if the budget was normal, like right, right. under a yeah. hundred. And, and Haunted yeah. Mansion is a movie that just did not do well. No, but, but there is a a level of like this movie's going to end up making over 60 million. You do need some movies like like back in the quote-unquote good old box office days 80s and 90s, you would have a family film that just came out and made 40 or 50 million your Angels in the Outfield type movies and ideally that's what a haunted mansion would have been able to be to just be a family film that's budgeted to where if it made 50 million or so it's successful enough because you do just need a family film that gets 50 million dollars worth of families to go see it yeah 100 percent. and and again i mean yeah this at the end of the day these sort of things feed into these streamers which is what disney wants anyway so for them it is a disaster uh, theatrically but they're they just it's another thing to put on their streamer yeah, I just think we'll be talking about Disney's botched pivot to streaming for like decades because oh, of how yeah. badly they decimated their theatrical business for no reason. Like, just to it's lose, not, it's not, yeah, yeah, just it's to not lose like, to Netflix. Exactly. It's not like that. Mu- yeah, it's not. It's just like two different revenue streams that they really thought were one, and now are now learning that the theatrical business still works and is a whole different revenue stream. Yeah, it's so fucking stupid that they. I think turning red. What? What? There's a there's a handful that were like. Just like, oh my God, they put what Soul, Luca, Turning, Turning Red. Red, all those movies, just like wasted money. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And yeah, Haunted Mansion. It, it's a movie that they they had to put out in theaters if they were going to make it at all. So yeah, and it just it's it's baffling that it exists because it's twenty years after they did it already with Eddie Murphy, and no one like I don't think anyone 
loves that movie or cares about it enough where they're like, I want to see another one or if they I just, and if they did care about it, they'll be annoyed that it's a remake and not a sequel. So I just felt, it felt like a movie for nobody and it doesn't feel like a kid's movie to me. There's one kid in it and it's not, it's just not fun. It's, it's not, it's a bad movie. So yeah. I'm all, I'm all, I hate to see a movie bomb, especially a horror movie, but I get it. It stinks. And it was one of those movies you see bomb from a hundred miles away and go, mm-hmm. that's never going to work, especially at this budget level. So, Brett, before we wrap up, are there any, you know, we talked Saw X coming out the end of September. Between now and then, are there any other horror titles that our listeners should keep a eye out for? Or honestly, anything, between, you know, in the fall that you have your eye on? I believe there's all, The Nun 2 is a big one, September 8th. Yes. There's uh, the what's it called movie what's that fucking guy's name the kenneth brunnug um oh death death on the something something yeah haunting yeah. in venice the uh what's i can i think of his name right now uh uh hercule poirot of course yes yeah. yes um the third film the, the third film that, that has yeah. a horror tint to it mm-hmm. it's uh haunting in venice so i'm into that um yeah i guess saw x is the, really the big one on the radar october has uh the new exorcist as well yeah, I mean, listen, you're definitely going to have to come on in October to talk that. But I guess the, since the trailer did drop recently, I think it was last week was yeah. the trailer dropped. Did that increase your excitement or your optimism for The Exorcist? Well, I normally would avoid trailers, but I did actually see Demeter at a regular screening. So I saw it beforehand and mm. caught some of it. And what I saw made me less excited than I was beforehand. I'll say that. Yeah, I I agree. I saw this Exorcist trailer, and I know that, you know, they have David Gordon Green directing what they say will be three. I mean, I don't know if that's going to be the case, but... We'll see. They've already lied once. They said it was... uh, They said when it was announced that it was straight to Peacock uh, same day as theatrical, and they've they've walked that back. Okay. All that language is gone, which which I love. Which is a good sign, but... I, I'm very curious about the the box office uh, uh, potential for The Exorcist because unlike, you know, Halloween is a specific iconic villain. And the iconography of The Exorcist, I think, is so much s- more slippery, especially yes. because it's been just dispersed into so many you know it's bootleg it's become its own subgenre yes that that, that argued that i think is a horrible subgenre yes. there's like no good exorcist movies besides the exorcist but they've made money there's a ton of like there's a lot of them and they all do pretty well like the last exorcism the, the last exorcism was so good they made a second the last exorcism too um but yeah i think this movie will do just as well as any exorcism movie would have done i don't know if it has extra juice because it's the Exorcist original flavor sequel. I I don't know. I feel like it might be like Halloween where they increasingly make more or something. I don't know. Well, the, I really have no. Yeah, the, I don't know. The original director of the first Exorcist, William Friedkin, yes. uh, passed mm-hmm. recently. Mm-hmm. Yes. So the Exorcist is kind of in the news there. You're right. And, and the Exorcist, its 50th anniversary is this year. And I believe it's also getting a theatrical not a fathom event like a real revival yeah. 
so uh, screening in October. So, so it's, that'll it's, help. There's something there now as a horror, uh, you know, hashtag horror lifestyle advocate originator. Mm-hmm. You originated the hashtag horror lifestyle, correct? Was that you? I, I like. Yeah. I, I like to think so. Yes, I think so, so. So you know, director of The Exorcist, of course, the amazing uh, Killer Joe, a great movie, which is not necessarily horror, but adjacent. Oh, it's pretty scary. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> do you have any words to say about William Friedkin? the great William Friedkin. Oh, sure. He's the best. He is one of my favorite filmmakers of all time. I will just brag to say that he follows like 2,000 people on Twitter. And for some reason, I am one of them because I wrote an article on Sorcerer like 10 years ago great when I worked at Business Insider and he retweeted it. And I think I also tweeted once that Michael Jackson was a huge fan of Sorcerer. There's like an article that you can find where he talks about how much he loves it and he has a soundtrack and Friedkin saw that for me and retweeted it. And I was like, did you know that? And he was like, this is how I found out. And I was like, that's so cool. It's amazing. Um, so Friedkin's all, he's very, I, f- I found out since this Twitter thing and looking who else he followed, he will follow anyone who writes about his movies and likes his movies and he will engage with you. He was the coolest guy ever. But in terms of his movies, I mean, they speak for themselves. I think like, you know, the movie layman may just think, yeah, he made the exorcist. He made the French connection, but man, that guy's catalog goes so deep. My favorite movies of all time are like, I mean, The Exorcist I love, The French Connection I love, but To Live and Die in L.A., mm-hmm. one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, Bug, yep, one of my favorite mm-hmm. movies of all time. Killer Joe is up there. And I love the late period stuff with Tracy Letts. Yep. Um, there's that Benicio, Tommy Lee Jones movie, uh, The Hunted that he did. That's really good. Mm-hmm. He's done so, done so many movies that you probably didn't know about. He directed fucking Blue Chips. Yep. With uh, Shaq. And Penny. And Nick and Nolte. Penny. And Nick Nolte. A very screaming Nick Nolte. Um, I just think he's an incredible director, and they don't really make him like him anymore. He's definitely, like, uh, arguably problematic for how <laughs> intense his shoots were back in the day. He just, They just don't make 70s directors like him anymore, and he was one of the best in every filmmaker today, whoever worked with him you know, love the guy. And even though he has a reputation as being a really brash guy, he was very sweet to everybody and is a nice guy. And he has one more movie coming out next month. Uh, It's coming to Venice Film Festival in September. I think it's called something about the Kane mutiny. I forget the title, but it's, 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 I'm sure it's great. It's called the the Kane mutiny court martial. Mm -hmm. And it has, quite a cast it is uh kiefer uh jason clark lance reddick rest in peace jay duplass is in it a lot of random people in it but yeah uh jake lacy is apparently jake lacy that's right yeah so uh i think it's based on a book and it's about like a naval officer on trial it sounds very like uh a few good men uh i'm very excited to see that cool well i mean that's a great note to end this on r.i.p william freakin who listen no matter what you want to say about him, The Exorcist was a huge, huge hit at the box office. So mm-hmm. Phenomenon. That's like what he's known for is like, you know, that movie was one of those movies that every but like a, like a Barbie type of situation yes. where like everybody, people who don't see movies went and saw it and like it traumatized people. It's definitely my horror origin story is like my dad renting that VHS after I told him that no movie could possibly scare me and it scared the fuck out of me, obviously. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Thank you, William Friedkin, for scaring Brett and potentially <laughs> inspiring the new Flesh podcast, which is 
very important to all of us today. So follow <laughs> Brett on uh, Twitter X. And, of course, most importantly, listen to The New Flesh. Wherever you're listening to The B.O. Boys right now, you can also subscribe to The New Flesh. What will you be covering in the next uh, couple of episodes? That's a great question. We just did the Voyage of the Demeter one this, today, and we don't know because there's nothing coming out on the horizon, and we haven't planned very well. I mean, so I we, guess just surprise. Just yeah. do Blue Beetle. It's gonna be. It's That's gonna what be we so joked gross about. Gross and gooey and just nightmare-inducing. I when I joked about it, I didn't know that. So now that it's actually a reason, I'm like all in on it. We're gonna I mean, we're gonna we're gonna cover Blue Beetle next week. I, I think I, I listen. I don't know any more about this movie than you, but having seen the trailer, bug parts come out of his skin. That's enough for it to be covered on your podcast in a in a slow so. August time. I think so. Um, of course, email us here at the B.O. Boys, the B.O. Boys podcast at gmail.com. We love getting your emails, boots on the ground reporting. We are going to get to a lot of we've got some emails backed up. We'll get to them very soon, possibly in our next episode or weekend preview episode. We will get to emails for sure. So email us the B.O. Boys podcast at gmail.com. Follow us on the social medias on TikTok and at Twitter X. Our handle is at it's just X. It's just X, Pat. It's not Twitter X. It's not Twitter X. It's not Well, X- it's X Twitter, now known as X. Okay. So that's the full Follow, name of no, the well, app. Now X it's, Twitter, now known as X. X Twitter is what its situation is. Okay. It is just X. It is just... Okay, so follow us on Just X, at the B.O. Boys pod, and on TikTok. Uh, thank you, Wanna B.O. intern Christopher, for cutting... These great vertical, I repeat, vertical clips that he's been making. The people are loving them. And, of course, we are on YouTube, so find us there. You only get half the story if you watch the podcast. you got to see us to believe us. So subscribe, like, and ring that what, Clayton? Bell. Ring that bell on YouTube. And, of course, everyone knows we recently have had a dust-up with Dwayne The Rock Johnson on YouTube trying to take down our content. And this is not over, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. So follow us on YouTube for that whole story, of course. And uh, I think those are all the places to plug. Brett, is there anywhere else that you need to be plugged? Yes, please check out the Roger Ebert and Me podcast where I review every movie that comes out every Friday. Last week it was 10 movies. The week before that it was nine movies. And the week before that it was nine movies. Please help me. Wow. Listen to the show. Wow. You're doing God's work. And Thank you. So that is it, right, Clayton? Are we done? I think that's it. I, I can't think of anything there could possibly be left to say. No, nothing. Except for <gasps> until next time. We'll smell smell you you at the box box office. office. Nailed it. Nailed it. Nailed it.